Hello and welcome to the Anita Po Show and the Bitcoin for Fairness series, where we are talking about the role that Bitcoin is playing in enabling economic empowerment for individuals and communities by providing a fair and open access to a global financial network. My guest today is Gabriel Kurman, co-founder of the Rootstock uh, protocol RSK, which is a merge-mined Bitcoin sidechain enabling smart contracts. I hear you say smart contracts, Bitcoin DeFi, will that not make many altcoins obsolete? Yes, maybe, I guess so. I'm going to ask Gabriel about this. And we're also discussing Money on Chain, a decentralized stablecoin on Bitcoin. As always, you can watch this interview on YouTube or you can listen to it in a podcast app that has Lightning payments enabled. Breeze app and the Fountain app and the Sphinx Chat app are apps where you can stream Satoshis to me, the podcaster. Thanks to supporting the Bitcoin for Fairness initiative, go out to the Human Rights Foundation, which is uniting the world to stand against tyranny. Laden.io, financial services for holders of digital assets. And OKCoin, the globally licensed cryptocurrency exchange. And now, enjoy the interview. Hello, Gabriel Kurman from RSK and Money on Chain. Welcome to the Anita Posh Show. Thank you very much, Anita. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to meet you this time online. The last time we met in November in uh, El Salvador, I wanted to say Argentina. No, <laughs> at, El Salvador, uh, La, amazing. El, yeah, exactly, at La Bitconf. Um, are you looking forward to the next La Bitconf? Absolutely. Uh, so the next one this year is going to be in Argentina. It's where everything started. You know, the, the initial Bitconf was in 2013, more than a decade, uh, almost a decade ago uh, in Buenos Aires. And now we're going full uh, circle and, and going back to, to Buenos Aires. But I think the idea is that also uh, a Bitcoin week will stay in El Salvador uh, on an annual basis. So we're always going to have an excuse to go back to El Salvador and to see how the dream of uh, Bitcoin mass adoption is, is working for El Salvador. Mm -hmm. And to see the changes year by year. So you will be going to Bitcoin week and afterwards be at La Bitconf, I guess. Uh, absolutely. I, I have so many friends in El Salvador now. Uh, it. it feels like every Bitcoiner in the world uh, needs to uh, help and contribute somehow to make sure that the El Salvador is a success story for its people, for the country, for their future, uh, because this is the only way that we can spread the world and, and make sure that Bitcoin technology also helps other nations in Latin America and Africa. So it's very important that we do what we can uh, to support and to make sure that El Salvador is a success story. Exactly. So, but let's go back a little bit uh, and introduce you first. So please, can you uh, tell us a little bit about you? Um, and since when are you uh, in Bitcoin? Yeah, absolutely. So I was born in, in Argentina, uh, born and raised. Uh, I am an economist. I work for private equity and corporate finance in my prior life before Bitcoin. Uh, I always wanted to be an, an entrepreneur and and there were many things uh, of the traditional financial system that, that didn't add up for me. Uh, seeing my, my friends and family losing their life savings in Argentina every decade, having uh, permanent instability with hyperinflations and bank grants and capital controls. There was something uh, that was not working for us. And, and when I had the chance uh, in 2013 to go to La Bitconf and to listen to uh, amazing speakers and, and, and Bitcoiners that were kindly coming to Buenos Aires to, to spread the world and, and to share with us uh, the technology, their, their um, views of the world and how having an immutable decentralized uh, money could really change everything that was wrong in, in the financial system. I think I learned more about e economics in that La Bitconf than I did in, in the whole years of university that, that I went through. Um, so that changed my mind. And, and I, since then, I've been fully dedicated to, to helping build 
and code a better future, uh, I would say, uh, based on, on or built around Bitcoin. So I dedicated a big part of my time to education, just in the same way that, that I learned about this, just uh, doing as much as I could to make sure that especially people in need were the ones understanding Bitcoin before the big banks and the big central banks and governments uh, would uh, take over this, this technology and this asset. Um, I also co-founded Koi uh, co Banks first and then uh, RSK, Rustock, uh, which is a smart contract platform built on top of Bitcoin. Uh, and I also participate in a several non-for-profit uh, projects such as LaBitConf. I've been helping the team uh, grow and, and, and go around Latin America for all these years. Um, La Bitcoineta, which is this amazing educational project, is a Bitcoin minivan that travels to small towns, explaining Bitcoin to people that cannot go to, to La Bitcoin or to large cities uh, with the message that this is a technology available for everyone. And, and, and I was uh, fun in El Salvador, uh, I'm sure you've seen it, we, we gave as a present a second Bitcoineta to, to the Bitcoin Beach uh, team. So it's a Bitcoin Neta Beach edition uh, that now is traveling around the small towns in El Salvador. Uh, it's permanently based in El Sonte. So if you're traveling to El Salvador, go and, and visit. Um, and also I'm, I'm part of a Blockchain for Humanity, which is another non-for-profit that identifies uh, projects that are using blockchain technology for use cases that are positive for the world. Uh, just trying to give them visibility and, and, and prove that this is it's a technology uh, that should be used and could be used for, for amazing positive use cases. Hmm. So, wow. So basically that's your 10th year now in the Bitcoin and blockchain space. And I guess you've seen a lot. Um, how did, um, Rootstock come about? I mean, when did it start? Who had the idea and why was it important or why is it important? Yes. So in, in 2014, uh, Dieguito, Diego Gutierrez, uh, my longtime partner uh, and, and myself went to Silicon Valley and, and uh, we had the, lack, the luxury of, say, to, to meet Nick Sabo uh, through a friend in common, Sean. And he, uh, he expressed at the time the, the Ethereum white paper was already um, available. And, and he and Dieguito were very frustrated that Ethereum was being built on top of a different infrastructure and completely disconnected to Bitcoin. And we were all Bitcoiners and, and we understood the network effect and the security and, and the power of Bitcoin and its scarcity and its infrastructure. But we also understood that in order to build a decentralized complex financial systems and services that could serve billions of users, Bitcoin as a base layer was not enough. You won't scale, it was not programmable. Um, and, and really smart contracts were, were really much needed to fulfill this, this dream of financial inclusion and having a financial system that gives equal opportunities to all and it's available to the 7 billion people in this planet. So it was actually Nick, the one who encouraged us uh, to get together with Sergio Lerner and his team uh, to, to build Ethereum on, on Bitcoin. And, and, and I think that push gave us the, the, uh, well, the energy that we needed. We, we talked with Sergio. He was a security auditor of the Bitcoin Foundation in the US first, and then he was also auditor of the Ethereum code before its launch. So he knew Bitcoin and Ethereum inside out. He identified a lot of uh, problems that Ethereum will face over time, such as scalability and, and, and several security uh, issues that some of them were fixed. And, and that's how Rustock uh, came to be. Uh, it was this idea that uh, at the time, with the merge mining technology, with the Ethereum virtual machine, and with the idea that the blockchain team had presented about Bitcoin sidechains, uh, basically using Bitcoin as native currency for a secondary blockchain, uh, we just put together these three ideas or technologies with the right economic incentives, which I think is a great part of, of Rustock. So we built Rustock in a way that 
If Rustoc is successful, every single stakeholder in the ecosystem will benefit. So Bitcoiners will benefit because by using Bitcoin as native currency, if Rustoc is very successful, that implies uh, thousands of Bitcoins locking the peg. So this is a higher demand for Bitcoin and higher price. So it is fully aligned with the economic incentives of Bitcoiners. But also the consensus mechanism on Rustoc is through merge mining which means there are the same Bitcoin miners, the ones that secure the second layer. And as of today, we have 50% total Bitcoin hash rate merge mining RSK. So one every two miners in the world through the mining pools is already uh, merge mining RSK, which gives uh, an incredible uh, amount of security for smart contract execution at extremely low cost because we are uh, riding on top of Bitcoin infrastructure. And, and this makes Bitcoin mining more profitable, hence more secure. So it helps Bitcoin layer one. But also, and it, it, yeah. sorry, it makes it also more efficient. So with the same amount of energy, you're merge mining, you're mining, you're mining not only the blockchain, the Bitcoin blockchain, but also rootstock and all the transactions and all the economic activities on it. Exactly, exactly, absolutely. And, and this will become even more important over time when through the halvings, the, the coin base gets reduced and, and the, the whole mining infrastructure is based on fees. You know, second layer fees could also add a lot of value to that because it goes directly to the bottom line. It's not a revenue, it's just a profit for the miners. Um, but also it's interesting that uh, in our value proposition, we also think we add a lot of value to Solidity and DeFi projects because when you have a project with millions of users and, and uh, hundreds of millions of uh, value locked, and you depend on a specific infrastructure that has a lot of challenges ahead, that could go through bottlenecks with extremely high fees, uh, the need to change the proof of stake. I imagine that community or that project built on a single point of failure, which is the underlying infrastructure that they've chosen. So we we understood and we, we foresaw that most of these projects will become blockchain agnostic in the long term. And having the option to secure their technology with Bitcoin infrastructure was something very important for them and will become very important for them. So we think that in the long term, the infrastructure that can provide uh, the lowest cost, the highest uh, security will be the one used for most use cases. And, and I think we have a quite uh, an interesting angle or value proposition there because we are offering Bitcoin security at extremely low cost. So do I understand that correct? You basically say that all the other projects and altcoins, maybe their blockchains will become obsolete in the future because all will fall back on the most secure, the most decentralized and most immutable blockchain, which is Bitcoin. Well, I, I don't want to, to say that anyone will become obsolete because I, I really uh, foster and promote open source innovation. So I and, and, and I like every project that is trying to innovate and build something, uh, I, I celebrate that. Um, but I think you have a point in the sense that uh, I believe that most other blockchains are moving to proof of stake because they cannot afford proof of work. So only probably Bitcoin and its sidechains will be able to afford the security and immutability of proof of work. And, and as you said, every interesting technology developed out there, uh, I think eventually will be uh, built on top of a, of a Bitcoin sidechain, such as Rustock. Uh, ideally, we would love to be the same team. So if someone develops something interesting, just get the Uniswap team or any projects, just, you know, make it also available for Bitcoiners on RSK. So, so hopefully it's not that the projects will, will become obsolete, uh, but definitely the tokens of those projects, uh, you know, will be challenged in the long term because uh, those technologies that are open source can be easily ported into a Bitcoin sidechain and, and free ride on that uh, amazing security and, and being connected with the most valuable and scarce asset of the history of uh, humanity. So um, it's, it's going to be interesting. Hmm. 
I mean, there are some critics, mostly Bitcoin maxis, who say, yes, but Rootstock still works with the Ethereum virtual machine and this is not so secure. Uh, what's your answer to that? Uh, so I like to call myself and, and many of us in the space, we call ourselves uh, like Bitcoin mutants, right? Because we are Bitcoin, what? mutants. Bitcoin what? Mutants. Mutants. Yes, because we, we are and we were maximalists. Right. We, we believe and we understand the importance of Bitcoin as a base layer, as the most scarce, immutable and censorable asset in the world. Uh, like we, I come from Argentina. Many of our friends come from Venezuela, uh, Nigeria. We understand the importance and, and actually much more, I would say, that, that uh, those friends in, in the US or Europe or, or Asia where, you know, they have some financial systems and, and as we were discussing before we started, is what was happening now in Canada and other parts of the world, people are starting to realize why Bitcoin was so important as we understood like almost a decade ago. So, so we are maximalists on, on, the, on the monetary side of it, on the base layer. Now, at the same time, uh, we also dream with a financial system that is fully built on top of Bitcoin infrastructure. Uh, we see the level of innovation and, and forget about the speculative side of DeFi and the tokens, but the level of innovation that is happening in the space, uh, when, when all the, the, the hype and, and just goes away, the technology will remain and this will be the building blocks of a future financial system that will serve billions of users uh, almost without human intervention. Right. It's the, the only way that we can, can provide nano-financial services to those in Zimbabwe, Nigeria or Latin America. Uh, so, so this is something that is really important for us. And sometimes, uh, you know, Maxis stay happy with, with the gold use case. And, and I'm, I don't want I want to make sure that we are not the Peter Schiff's of the future. Right. Uh, because the, the gold proof uh, use case is super important and we need to protect it as much as we can. Uh, and, and we love the, 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 the governance of Bitcoin and, and we want this to remain like this. Now, we also want all the other innovation to be available on top of Bitcoin. And we want Bitcoin in the same way that the Internet scaled on layers. We also want Bitcoin infrastructure to scale on layers. Um, so we're super excited about uh, Lightning. Uh, and, and I think uh, what's happening in El Salvador, it's a proof, even for those Maxis that were against Lightning, that this is the way to go. That it's very important, uh, you know, to, to provide uh, super low cost nano transactions for people that, that need that money uh, to survive every day. So, so they, they cannot afford to be focused on, uh, you know, um, just more decentralization or, or more anti-fragility. This is a luxury that you can uh, think of when you have enough funds to pay for the fees or when you have uh, the time to, to learn about how to self-custody your funds. And, and this is something that, that we should uh, make super easy in the future and, and keep on educating, uh, as you always do, uh, to make sure that more people understand the importance of self-custodial uh, wallets and so on. But, but it comes after the fact that people can use it and, and learn about it. And the same thing with, with smart contracts and, and um, solidity, uh, functionality and DeFi. We want to make sure that all that innovation and technology is built on top of Bitcoin, uh, that it uses a native integration that uses Bitcoin as native currency, that is available to Bitcoiners in El Salvador uh, so they can generate a passive income on, on those sats that they receive or even those dollars in stable coins. Um, we're going to talk about stable coins, but uh, like even the, the, the dream of having a decentralized stable coin that can be built with Bitcoin as collateral is something that is fully aligned with the values and economic incentives of Bitcoiners. So this is something that we want to happen on, on the Bitcoin technological stack, not only on Solana or, or Ethereum or other blockchain. So uh, it, it's a combination. It's feeling really maximalist on, on, on the base layer, but also willing to promote innovation. Of course, with the trade-offs in, in security, when, when you, when you uh, 
store your gold as a nation, you use a vault and you move it on, on armor tracks. But when you buy online and when you pay the tab in a pub, you use other fiat technologies that are less secure, but are more affordable and, and convenient. Uh, and we can replicate the same uh, trade-offs on, on the Bitcoin stack. Uh, and, and I think the combination, it's something much more powerful and valuable for humanity than just another improved version of gold. And now a short word from our sponsors and then on to the second half of the interview. Living on crypto is easier than you think with Bitrefill. Choose from over 4,000 gift cards and mobile top-up options from around the world. I used Bitrefill to top up my phone when I was visiting Zimbabwe. It was easy, worked like a charm and I even earned sats back. Pay with Bitcoin, Lightning, Ethereum, Dash, Tether over Tron and many more options. No account is necessary. Join the thousands of users around the world who are living on crypto today using Bitrefill. Join now at bitrefill.com and start earning sats back with each purchase. That's bitrefill.com. Learn Bitcoin will teach you the why and how to use Bitcoin. Anita's work makes Bitcoin approachable, understandable, and compelling to those who are new to Bitcoin. Andreas M. Antonopoulos, author Mastering Bitcoin and the Internet of Money. Order your copy now at learnbitcoin.link. That's learnbitcoin.link. Okay, now please let's talk a little bit about the use cases of stablecoins. Um, I guess there are a lot. I'm not so much into stablecoins, but that's actually one of the, the points I want to focus on this year. Also, when I'm traveling to Zimbabwe and Zambia and all those other countries uh, in this year, I want to learn more about why and how people use stablecoins co and how many of those. Um, can we talk a little bit um, in general about stablecoins and their use cases, please? Yes, absolutely. And this is a, an interesting topic because, uh, first of all, we know that they are not stable. They should not be called stablecoin. They are permanent devaluating uh, assets because they are just following the price of, in general, the US dollar, which is debasing uh, around 25-50% per annum. I mean, the official one is 7.5 so far, but we know that they are not stable. And, and, and probably uh, most Bitcoiners don't use them at all, uh, uh, only for hedging on, on trading, for those who, who, who do trading. But the, the story is completely different when you go to El Salvador, when you go to Latin America, when you go to Venezuela. And, and I think this is something important uh, for the, the most maxi uh, ones on the spectrum to understand that uh, the transition between the fiat standard and the Bitcoin standard is not easy and is something that we should also take care of. Uh, how to welcome these new users, but in a way that uh, doesn't make their lives more difficult. So uh, I, I shared a panel uh, with uh, Mahlaton and, and Max Kaiser in LaBitConf about stablecoins. Uh, and of course they, they had and, and CBDCs and, and they have so many uh, warnings and, and, and criticism about CBDCs, which I share completely. But it was interesting to see how the dollar on the Chivo wallet, which is in essence a CBDC in the case of El Salvador, uh, was extremely important in order to allow the adoption of 4 million people in, in six months. They are used to have their lives measured in dollars. And, and what the government did was offer them an option to keep on doing that at zero cost, but being one click away from moving to Bitcoin. So it, I see it as a transitioning strategy uh, and, and, and one that is extremely important. If you are a Venezuelan living in the diaspora uh, that need to send uh, 50 bucks to your families every week for them to have uh, you know, food and shelter, uh, you cannot send that to them in Bitcoin. It's, it's the, the volatility of Bitcoin on a weekly basis is just something that they cannot afford. Somehow it is better for them to get devalued 10-20% uh, per annum 
than you know not being able to to afford food for a week when when we enter a short bear market so uh the usage of stable coins in argentina to be protected from the devaluation of the argentine peso which devaluates even farther faster than 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 the dollar and venezuela and el salvador especially in remittances you know, 30% of the Salvadorian GDP comes from remittances from the U.S. Uh, so they need stable coins. Now, you can have multiple types of stable coins. And one of the main criticisms to stable coins on top of the devaluation and debasement is that they are basically funding wars. You know, every time you use uh, a centralized stable coin, which which is collateralized with uh, bank deposits or treasury bills, you are funding the American war machine, right? And, 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 and what's interesting is that when you use decentralized stable coins, uh, they are built around a smart contract, which have cryptos collateral, for instance, MakerDAO. Uh, well, you're, you're using a different asset as collateral, but still Maker, uses Ethereum in a big part and USDC, I think, on a, on, a, on a big chunk as well. So it's still kind of a centralized stable coin behind it. Um, and that's why I was so excited when, when I learned about the Money on Chain project, uh, which is one of the most exciting projects in DeFi for Bitcoin in the space, but that not many uh, Bitcoiners know, and, and it's super important that Bitcoiners get to know this project which has developed the first stablecoin, which is collateralized with Bitcoins on RSK, right? So RSK or Rustock provided this smart contract pro programmability required. So you can have a smart contract that is fully decentralized with no KYC, and you can always send Bitcoins to that smart contract and in exchange mint either BitPro which is the, the passive income collateral designed for Bitcoiners. So Bitcoin, because a Bitcoiner will never take their funds away from cold storage to put them in a second layer DeFi protocol unless you're getting something in return. We, we value and we treasure the security of Bitcoin way too much. Uh, so the whole design of the protocol was done in a way that the, the collateral pool generates passive income for those institutional Bitcoiners or those large Bitcoiners that want to put, I don't know, 1%, 5% of their holdings into getting passive income on their Bitcoins. And by doing so, they provide the collateral, the over collateral, and enable the issuance of the stable coin, which is the dollar on chain, right? So you need to have like four or five times more collateral in the smart contract to be able to issue one-fifth of tokens which are stable. And what's interesting about this, not only that it's fully decentralized and uh, doesn't require KYC, but also is designed to be fully aligned with the economic incentives of Bitcoiners. So if money on chain and the dollar on chain uh, take 50% of the centralized stable coins market share, that will imply billions of dollars of bitcoins or billions of dollars in bitcoins locked in the smart contract taken away from the market uh, so it's, it's a lower supply and a higher bitcoin price that every bitcoiner should never consider using a centralized stable coin funding the war machine when they could use a stable coin that is more uncensorable more decentralized uh, doesn't require KYC, and it's built with Bitcoins in the backbone. And, and having this as an example, we can dream on a, on a future where we can replicate any commodity, any asset synthetically with Bitcoin as collateral. So we could create a, a gold, a silver, a soybean, an oil. As long as the inflation rate is higher on the other asset than Bitcoin, as it is for every single asset apart from Bitcoin, I think it's two, two more years for, for Bitcoin um, for, for uh, yeah, Bitcoin to be more scarce than, than gold, 
uh, based on the stock-to-flow uh, ratio, uh, we could have a financial system where we use Bitcoin as collateral and we can replicate synthetically every asset in the world. So this is a, a very exciting project that I think every Bitcoiner and I invite all your, your uh, viewers uh, to check it out. It's a very interesting project called Money on Chain. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what also Max Kaiser is always saying. Bitcoin will, Bitcoin software or the, the, the possibilities will eat all markets in a way, all financial markets, because you can replicate everything and it's much securer. It's uh, more portable. You can beam it basically from one end to the other of the globe and things like that. So uh, please explain again to me. So Dollar Unchained is the name of the stablecoin. And if I want to have it, to use it, to send it to Africa or somewhere, I first have to stake Bitcoin or I have to back Bitcoin on your platform and over collateralize the amount I want to have five times. So, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, it, it, it's, it's worth explaining this better. So um, the smart contracts enable the issuance of the of the. Um, tokens, right? And there are different tokens. The, the BitPro is the one that uh, Bitcoiners looking for a passive income receive. And the dollar on chain is the one that users of a stable coin are looking for, right? So if you want to interact directly with the smart contracts, you need to do what you said. So you mint and unmint the tokens with Bitcoins. So let's say you send a Bitcoin uh, and you, you need uh, one equi equivalent in, in, in dollar on chain, and you receive the smart contract gives you back, uh, I don't know, 37,000 docs or dollars on chain. Uh, if you're a Bitcoiner and you want to receive a passive income on, let's say, 5% of your holdings, you send those to the smart contract and you mint BitPro which as of today, I think it's 25% uh, above uh, a Bitcoin price because this is the cumulative passive income that it had over the 2.5 years since the platform was launched. So this is the, the passive income that institutional investors are looking for and they can receive uh, by providing the collateral. Like most of the fees from the platform and there is a uh, free leverage from the platform and some interest that other tokens are paying, all those revenue streams goes to uh, BitPro because they knew that they need to provide passive income to Bitcoiners in order to receive their, their Bitcoins. And what's interesting from a Bitcoiner standpoint is that regardless the percentage of holdings that you put in BitPro, let's say it's 1% of your holdings, uh, by doing so, you're proving the concept that DeFi will be built on top of Bitcoin and that stable coins will be built on top of Bitcoin. So that adds value to your 99% of Bitcoins that you keep on cold storage. You know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to build technology on top of Bitcoin because you need support from the Bitcoin community in order to make it happen. In, in other blockchains, there's a lot of uh, culture pro speculation and like everyone supports every a project regardless of their security or, or like, you know, they're crazy about new stuff and new innovation with a lot of speculative drive into it. On the Bitcoin ecosystem, it's completely different. We don't trust, we verify. We want projects such as RSK or Rustock to be live for four years with no downtime and 50% merge mining before we might consider using it. The same thing with Lightning. You know, it took a very long time for people to say, okay, I will try this. And, and the same thing with Money on Chain. It's been up and running for two and a half years, like amazing uh, passive income performance, no downtime. And now large Bitcoiners are starting to take it seriously and say, okay, I want to support this. Not because only I want to have a passive income on my Bitcoins, but because also I want the whole DeFi value to come on top of Bitcoin as a technological stack. Uh, but you, you can also buy the tokens from a third party. So you, you can go to Sovereign, for instance, which is another amazing uh, use case built on top of Rustock, uh, that makes it very easy 
to move from Bitcoin to any of the tokens on, on, on RSK. So you could buy on the sovereign swap Bitcoins to um, dollar on chain or Bitcoins to uh, BitPro or any other token uh, on, on, on the DeFi for Bitcoin space. So you can always do it against a smart contract. There are several wallets also who have the smart contracts directly integrated. So uh, you have um, Copy Wallet and Bixo and Defiant that immediately allow you to move your Bitcoins or smart Bitcoins to uh, the stable coins and the money on chain protocol. But also you can go to a, to a decentralized exchange or swap and get them directly without interacting with the smart contracts. Okay, and then I hold it uh, in a non-custodial wallet on my phone, maybe. And yes, you which can, one? Which one? You, so you can use it uh, with Nifty and MetaMask. You can connect them to your uh, ledger or Trezor uh, using the the web browser extension, uh, or you can use it on on a self-custodial wallet as Defiant, Pixo, uh, and Copy Wallet, as as we said. Okay. There is another that... one um, called Decent uh, in, mm -hmm. in Korea that has a, a hardware wallet attached to the mobile wallet. Uh, I think it's a math wallet in China as well. So uh, if you go to, the, to our website, rsk.co slash uh, wallet, you'll see all the wallets that are already natively integrated with the DeFi for Bitcoin ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, so, but... Um... Let's say I'm in Nigeria and somebody sends uh, doc DOC to me. Um, how can I make US dollars out of it, like cash, for instance? Well, uh, in Latin America, it's much easier. Uh, there, is, uh, there are multiple on-ramp, off-ramp solutions. Uh, there's one project that I'm very close to that is called Krypton Market which is a decentralized e-commerce platform that is, uh, has a very strong presence in El Salvador as well. And they are trying to decentralize e-commerce and decentralize payment uh, railways, facilitating on ramp of ramp. So in, in most of the Latin American countries, you will have a node of Krypton market willing to help you on the on ramp of ramp. Uh, in Africa, I think they are willing to expand, so they don't have operations. Uh, so if you have any any contacts in those African countries, please uh, let's put them in touch with, with the crypto market team. Uh, but the beauty about money on chain is that you can always go back to Bitcoin. So you, you need to be a, a bit more of a savvy user. But let's say you are a family in Nigeria and you receive... Uh, remittances from your family somewhere in, in the world and you receive a hundred dollars and you need to cut in, in dollar on chain and you need to cash them out and there is no on-ramp of ramp um, I think Paxful is integrated with dollar on chain so and Paxful is very strong in, in Africa so probably that's uh, one way to do it but also like the, the the last resource is that you go to the smart contracts you transform those stocks into Bitcoin and then you go to your local peer-to-peer Bitcoin exchange and you just convert them for whatever the local currency is. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. And um, you also have a governance token. What can I do with that? Is this a must or, or is it uh, voluntarily to, to use it? Yes. So something interesting that, that I see on the, on the RSK ecosystem is that this is an ecosystem that is built by Bitcoiners and for Bitcoiners. So they they faced the challenge of needing to decentralize the platforms uh, because uh, you know this kind of service need to be done in a fully decentralized way. So Sovereign and Money on Chain and now Tropicus they all launch their governance tokens so they can really have their platforms governed and developed by the community. Uh, and of course, if these uh, platforms are super successful, and I'm, as I'm sure they would be, uh, the value of those governance tokens uh, could be increased over time because they, uh, they receive part of the fees of the platform because of the governance function that those uh, tokens enable. Uh, but you won't ever see any marketing or hype or pump around these governance tokens. Uh, because 
they really focused on the decentralization of the governance and let value drive price uh, and over time with real adoption, we will see how important these projects can become. Uh, so I think it's interesting to have these uh, decentralized governance tokens so everyone in the community can participate, can have their voices heard and, and become part of the DeFi for Bitcoin community. Uh, but really, we never uh, push too much on the speculative side of it, because I think it, it, it uh, drives uh, the wrong type of participants in the ecosystem. And it's much better to have people really willing to build an immutable and censorable uh, DeFi platform than short term speculative investors that are just willing for the, for the hype and or pump and dump in, in the token. So, yes, all of these platforms have their own governance tokens. And I will let everyone do their own research. And, and, and I find it very interesting, but mostly because it allows the community to participate in the decisions of the platform. Mm. Yeah, it's always surprising to me how uh, less people, not less, the, the opposite of many people, um, don't know about um, sovereign or money on chain or even rootstock, um, which is, yeah, I mean, I to be honest, I came into the space in 2017 and one of the first things I saw and read about was rootstock and I knew immediately, okay, I just give it some time and then I won't need Ethereum and all the others because they are basically doing the same just on top of Bitcoin. So if you really have your eyes open, then you can find it. But mostly, uh, as you say, you don't um, make like advertisements for it, like, oh, come here and, and get rich quick here. Yeah? Yes, it's, it's a very challenging to, to build on top of Bitcoin because the culture of Bitcoin, as, as we said before, it's, it's more about proving what you're building first and, and, and then uh, communicating it. And, in the other speculative communities are actually the, the, the ones participating in the pump and dump uh, schemes that are very loud in the space and creating a lot of noise and marketing because they, they want their, their, they're mostly interested in short-term financial gains and just dumping it on someone else. Uh, in the case of uh, DeFi for Bitcoin and all these platforms that we're talking to, most of the value goes to Bitcoin. So it's, are the Bitcoiners the ones who should be promoting and supporting and making sure that DeFi happens on top of Bitcoin and its upper layers? Uh, and in the last couple of years, I think there is a very clear trend towards, you know, a more open-minded version of, uh, of Bitcoiners uh, where, you know, in the early days, protecting the base layer and the gold use case uh, it was like a war and we all fought that war and and i think we're getting closer to to being in, in a very interesting position because uh, as we were seeing this week uh like even between ukraine and russia with all the, the issues going on they both accepted bitcoin as uh as legal in their countries so even enemies with opposite interest appreciate the value of Bitcoin in providing them a free access to, to the rest of the world. Uh, so I think now we are in a, in, in a place as a community of Bitcoiners that we need to keep on fighting for Bitcoin. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of backlash and try to, to regulate it in, in, in countries where they do not welcome freedom. Uh, but at the same time, it's important that we also expand our vision and, and make sure that Bitcoin does not remain as a super expensive luxury for central banks and corporations and, and, and millionaires. Uh, we also need to bring the benefits of Bitcoin as a technology and, and Bitcoin as an asset to every single person in the world. This is uh, what drives us as entrepreneurs, because we, we were born and raised in one of the poorest uh, places in, in the world. So we understand that Bitcoin especially meant for those who were left behind the legacy system. Uh, and, and I'm very excited about what smart contracts and money on chain and sovereign and tropicals could bring to places like Argentina, Venezuela, Zimbabwe or El Salvador. And I really encourage uh, the rest of, of the community and your viewers to, to get involved because this, I mean, this won't happen unless Bitcoiners get involved. 
uh, all other uh, speculators and developers that have vested interest in, in other tokens will just fight to, to make a profit on, on their speculative token. Uh, those of us building Bitcoin sidechains and technology, and technology on top of Bitcoin really need Bitcoiners to be our, our like our supporters and, and test it and, and, and communicate it and build on top of it. I mean, uh, RSK and Rootstock just provides the infrastructure. Are the, the entrepreneurs such as uh, the money on chain community or the sovereign community or the crypto market or uh, Tropicus communities, the ones that build the solutions that change the lives of, of billions. Uh, so it's, it's a team effort and we need as uh, many Bitcoiners as we can to join us in this DeFi for Bitcoin revolution. Yeah, definitely. Um, but there's one thing in the last month that I came about frequently and I have the feeling nobody really has an opinion on it. And I, my technical knowledge is not deep enough that I can say, um, or I can like have my own um, opinion about it, like form my own opinion. And I'm always asking others, uh, what do you think about stacks? Um, there is this discussion. It's they they market it as Bitcoin or DeFi on, on uh, Bitcoin and DeFi, and they say um, they secured by Bitcoin and that they are a Bitcoin project. And then there are the others who say it's not true. And I also, from what I understand, I have the feeling they they are not a side chain in that case. They are not merge mining with Bitcoin. They are not really packed like liquid. Um, but they, they, they have one or the other transaction that then connects to stacks. Do you know something more about, can you please explain? Yes. So I, I don't like to, to talk bad about other projects. So I'll try to, to, to just describe it as, uh, very objectively. Uh, but before uh, getting to stacks, I think there's something important for us to understand. Uh, the, the, the crypto ecosystem is always looking for the new narrative uh, to create hype around it. And, and you've seen the discussions, all the VCs that have vested interest, uh, just funding early startups and, and, and reselling afterwards and just creating a business out of everything. So it was the ICOs, then it was uh, Web3, uh, like every, NFTs, you know, where like there's a, a big long list of investors to get, uh, you know, trashed and lose all their fundings. And especially um, when, when you're making this technology, it's very easy for unaware investors or early participants in the space that do not know the difference between Bitcoin and an altcoin, and they just fall and end up uh, buying NFTs instead of protecting themselves from the collapse of the US dollar, right? So uh, this is the, the crypto ecosystem we live in. And I wouldn't be surprised if built on Bitcoin becomes the next fancy narrative uh, used to scam uh, you know, newcomers to the space. So that's why uh, what you were mentioning about the confusing marketing narrative is very important. Because you could have hundreds of scammers claiming that they are building on Bitcoin. And, and we need to protect that by being very, very clear on how our projects benefit Bitcoin. Now, and, and the fact that you as a very savvy uh, person in this space still do not understand how stocks works, is, I think it's is, is their fault and, and kind of they were doing it on purpose. Uh, so that's uh, where we should be very clear. Um, for instance, when we developed a RSK, we just crash our brains on how we could be super aligned with the Bitcoin community. We decided to expand functionality for the Bitcoiners. So 80% of the fees in the platform go to the Bitcoin miners. So the remaining 20% goes to the development of the platform. 100% uh, of the Bitcoin native currency is in Bitcoin. So we, we decided to build a, uh, our Rustock as a sidechain so the native currency of Rustock is Bitcoin, right? And, and that actually made the project very difficult to fund because it's much easier to create, uh, you know, a native uh, token and speculate, speculate on that and just uh, use it for crowdfunding. 
So when you're building a Bitcoin sidechain, you need to fund uh, your projects in, in traditional ways, uh, which is much more difficult and ends up having a much slower, a smaller budget for marketing and, and development and so on. So building a Bitcoin sidechain is very difficult. And it's also uh, why I think it should be appreciated and, and, and respected because it's, it's a very crucial decision uh, when you're starting a project. And that's why there are so many, so, so little um, sidechains, Bitcoin sidechains, because the temptation of creating a native token that is speculative on which you can fundraise, it's extremely high. So it's super easy to explain how Rustock adds value to Bitcoiners because it uses Bitcoin as native currency and because it adds fees to the Bitcoin miners. It is very easy to explain how Liquid adds value to Bitcoin because they also use Bitcoin as native currency. Uh, they do not use Bitcoin for the consensus, so the consensus is federated. Uh, they don't give value to Bitcoin miners, but they benefit every single Bitcoin holder because their native currency is Bitcoin. So they are also a Bitcoin sidechain. Now, in the case of stacks, they have their own native currency. So they decided to fundraise and somehow their native currency competes with Bitcoin in terms of store of value. Uh, so I think they, they um, have some kind of anchoring. So every uh, block, there are a couple of transactions that come from the Stacks uh, blockchain. So it probably adds a few cents per block. And it is clear to me that it's more what you're taking from Bitcoin than what you're giving back to Bitcoin in terms of value. But that's, that's okay. I, I don't have anything against that. You can design your open source protocol as you want. Uh, now, when you're marketing your project as built on Bitcoin, why are you doing so? Are you looking for Bitcoiners to join your platform, to use your technology? Are you willing Bitcoiners to put their Bitcoins into your platform and once they are inside, they say, yeah, but you use it, you need to buy my token, right? So it's, I think it's more the confusing marketing what upsets many Bitcoiners uh, because they could just say, we're stocks, this is how we work. If you like it, use it. But the permanent Bitcoin narrative uh, that is not uh, backed by the actual technology and the economic incentives uh, on how the platform was built and fundraised is what I think many, many people find, um, you know, a bit upsetting. Uh, on the other hand, uh, they, they made a claim to help and donate to, to Bitcoin core developers, which is something that, that I think is great. Uh, and, and that could be done by any other project and any other blockchain and should be done by everyone. Uh, but that doesn't mean that that stack is built on Bitcoin. Uh, so built on Bitcoin will be used for scammers. And it's the ones that really care about Bitcoin and the Bitcoin community, especially those who are not aware of these technologies and cannot assess properly. We are the ones that need to protect the narrative. We are the ones that should be, uh, you know, putting light on these projects that are claiming to be built on Bitcoin. I said, what do you mean? Explain it clearly and properly because Bitcoiners need to know whether by using your platform, they are benefiting uh, the Bitcoin ecosystem as a whole, or you're just you know, feeding on the immutability of Bitcoin, but really not adding much value back. Hmm. So one thing I understood to look out for is if it's using Bitcoin as a native currency. Yeah. Yes, this is, the, mm -hmm. this is the definition of a sidechain, right? You are a sidechain when the second layer is using as native currency, the native currency from a primary blockchain. And as far as I know, only Blockstream and Rustock are the ones that are true uh, Bitcoin sidechains using Bitcoin as native currency. And this is a, a huge difference because it really aligns the economic incentives uh, to every Bitcoin holder in the world. And at the same time, 
makes these projects extremely difficult to fund. So also it should be respected because these are founders that are giving away a lot on a personal basis just to keep on building on top of Bitcoin. And this is something that the community should appreciate because it's, it's, it's very difficult. And also it implies uh, lower marketing budgets. So we, we the, the DeFi for Bitcoin and the Bitcoin sidechains and, and everyone building on Lightning, we need every single Bitcoiner support because we are building this for the Bitcoin community. So unless Bitcoin community appreciates and help us make this very successful uh, solutions, then these solutions will happen somewhere else in another blockchain. And, and that will be offering uh, less decentralization, less security, and especially exposing those users who need this the most to uh, a blockchain that in 10 years can be fully censored, where all the information can be uh, made public or um, the funds could be seized. So it's, it's very important that the Bitcoin community uh, embraces, I, I think, the, the Apple layers and the innovation happening on the Bitcoin technological stack, because it, it will only make the base layer stronger. You know, having the full financial system built on top of Bitcoin just makes Bitcoin as gold 2.0 uh, stronger and better. Mm -hmm. Right. So, Gabriel, that was a lot. Thank you very much. I learned a lot and I hope our listeners too. There's one question I always ask at the end. Uh, there's a saying that says, Bitcoin, you can't change Bitcoin, but Bitcoin changes you. How has Bitcoin changed you? Uh, it's, it's a great uh, question. And, and everyone that's been in this space for several years can, can confirm this. Uh, I would say that, that the most important thing that Bitcoin did to my life is that it gave me a sense of purpose. Uh, I told you before this, I was just working in, in corporations, doing private equity, buying companies, uh, rebuilding them and selling them for, for a larger amount of money. It was all money driven. It's, it's what we see in the pharmaceutical industries now, uh, selling us vaccines instead of taking care about our health or what we see in the e-commerce, just selling us products uh, without caring about uh, what we consume, what we eat. Uh, same thing with social networks, just trying to get the most time out of you to monetize it without caring what kind of society we are building. Uh, since I've been involved in Bitcoin, I, I felt this great sense of uh, responsibility and purpose. Uh, because once you understand that we have the power to code a different world, that uh, the old paradigm is falling apart and something new needs to be rebuilt. Uh, but I think that most probably what gets rebuilt is much worse than what we had before. So we've seen Black Mirror and, and, and I think most of us are very worried about what the outcome could be. And, and in my case, and I think many, many other Bitcoiners, these risks give us extra strength to, to make sure that we want to get involved. That regardless of the outcome, uh, if we have a chance to, to code and to build a better world, we need to get involved. Because if we don't, someone else with the wrong incentives and interest will build it for us. So, I think this is how Bitcoin changed me the most is with this sense of, of purpose and, and also this feeling of uh, willing to give back, you know, is that uh, the, the, everything that comes with, with Bitcoin, uh, it's, it's not an, an end. It's a mean to build something different and hopefully live a world that is a bit better than the one we received. Uh, so. This is something that I, that I love about Bitcoin and I love about its community. And, and you've seen it in, in El Salvador and La Bitconf. Uh, I've never seen anywhere else in the world such a large community of uh, mind-like people just uh, dreaming that a better future is possible and getting involved in building it. So also the, the, the amount of friends 
uh, that I've met over the years in this space that I, that I treasure in my heart. Uh, they're shoulder to shoulder building every year and, and, and defending the right causes is something that I really appreciate about Bitcoin as well. Yeah, me too. Thank you very much for that. So thank you, Gabriel. Um, can you please just tell us now where people can find your work and follow you and also the website moneyonchain.com, is that correct? Yes, moneyonchain.com is the website for the stablecoin. Uh, Sovereign.app is the, the website for Sovereign. You also have kryptonmarket.com, uh, Tropicus. Um, I don't remember exactly the, 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 the website, but you can check Tropicus with K and Y. Uh, rsk.co is the Rustock uh, website. I'm on Twitter, Gabriel Kurman. And there is also a, a Rustock Open Slack channel that everyone can join. It's open slash rsk slash dev. So all developers and, and Bitcoin enthusiasts, I uh, encourage them to, to join the Open Slack as well for questions. Uh, and thank you very much, Anita. I really appreciate your work. Uh, you're doing a great effort in educating people. Thanks for being so close to Latin America and to Africa. Uh, and let us know how we can help uh, Africa as well. Uh, you know, we have our ecosystem ready to, to help as much as mm -hmm. we can. Great. I will get in touch with you after that. Okay. Thank you very much, Gabriel. Have a nice day. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. That's it. Thanks for joining the Bitcoin for Fairness series of the Anita Posh Show. If you've enjoyed this interview, please subscribe to the show at anita.link slash subscribe and recommend it to your friends. A special thanks goes out to the organizations and companies that support the Bitcoin for Fairness series. These are the Human Rights Foundation, Leden.io and OKCoin. Thank you very much. See you soon at the Anita Post Show.